Kevin Ball is balling on the blue line for the New Jersey Devils alongside Dougie Hamilton. And we're also going to talk about another lineup decision at the hands of Lindy Ruff. Why does he favor Miles Wood over Yegor Sharangovich? And also, is Nathan Bastian elite inside joke on Devils Twitter? We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils writer for Pucks Pitchforks, and also part-time credential media member, Trey Matthews. So today's episode is going to revolve around players and their respective roles. So the first topic that we're going to discuss is the defensive pairing between Kevin Ball and Dougie Hamilton. So like any post-game recap, there's a lot of things I discussed. There's a lot of things I didn't get to. This was one of the storylines that I unfortunately couldn't get to. So we're going to talk about it in today's episode. Then in the second segment, I'm going to discuss Miles Wood and why he is being favorited over Yegor Sharangovich. I'm going to give you guys my educated guess as to why that might be the circumstance because I saw a tweet lingering around saying, like, why is Miles Wood playing? And Yegor Sharangovich is a healthy scratch. And then to wrap things up, I'm going to touch on Nathan Bastian because he played his first game in the previous matchup against the Penguins for the first time in a good while. So Nathan Bastian is back and the New Jersey Devils are back to their winning ways. And we're going to talk about is Nathan Bastian elite? Just spoiler alert. And I got to say this for clarity. Uh, it's an inside joke on Devils Twitter, but there's some truth behind it. So I wanted to touch on it in the third and final segment. So Let's talk about Kevin Ball and his partnership with Dougie Hamilton. So a few episodes ago, I talked about the possibility of Kevin Ball being paired alongside Dougie Hamilton. Courtesy of our friend Ryan Ovazinski, he recently released an article on NJ.com giving some defensive suggestions for the Devils. And one of the suggestions that he put out there was putting Kevin Ball alongside with Dougie Hamilton. Now, I thought about it and I was like, you know what? That's compelling. I'm intrigued by it. It's not something that I personally would have thought of, but... Like I said, I think it's something that uh, could definitely be given a chance because I think it can benefit both Dougie Hamilton and also Kevin Ball. And I felt as though that Kevin Ball deserved his stay in the lineup because, as you guys recall, Lindy Ruff was rolling with 11-7 to lineup kind of circumstance. So uh, in order to keep Brendan Smith in the, in the rotation, and I was just like, leave Kevin Ball in to start, and then you make Brendan Smith a healthy scratch. So... Once again, and I can't reiterate this enough, I don't hate uh, Brendan Smith. However, I see more potential in Kevin Ball. So, yes, Brendan Smith is scrappy. Yes, he likes to uh, play tough. He likes to play physical. And he does rack up unnecessary amount of penalties. But at the same time, that can only take him so far. So I would rather have Kevin Ball in the lineup. And the last few games, that's what Lindy Ruff has been rolling with. And he's gone back to the 12 to 6 ratio in terms of the lineup combination. So, I like that. And finally, Kevin Ball is getting his big opportunities. I relate Kevin Ball's circumstance to Dawson Mercer because in the previous episode, I talked about how Dawson Mercer wasn't really given a chance early on this year. Sometimes he was playing on the third line. Sometimes he was playing on the fourth line. But once Dawson Mercer was given that chance to showcase his skill and talent, we saw a surgence 
from Dawson Mercer. We saw him take his games to new heights. We saw him go on that lengthy point streak. We saw him uh, get a hat trick in the previous matchup against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And the same can be said for Kevin Ball. However, not a lot of people are going to talk about it. So let's first talk about how this benefits Dougie Hamilton. So in the previous episode, I talked about how Dougie Hamilton is on the brink of breaking history once again for the New Jersey Devils because he is one goal away from tying the franchise record that was set by Barry Beck back in the late 70s for most goals by a defenseman who played for either the Colorado Rockies or the New Jersey Devils. So Dougie Hamilton already broke Scott Stevens' record, and now he's gunning for the franchise record once again held by Barry Beck. And I think with four games remaining in the season, I think Dougie Hamilton is going to get that. However, Dougie Hamilton is five points away from tying Scott Stevens' record once again for most points by a Devils defenseman in a single season, and he'll need six points to surpass it. So I think pairing Dougie Hamilton alongside with Kevin Ball, you can have Kevin Ball focus more on the defensive side of things, whereas Dougie Hamilton can go out and get his offensive numbers. I think of that dynamic similar to uh, the Eric Halla and the Jack Hughes circumstance, because for Jack Hughes, he could go out, do his thing, put out a show, and just do his razzle-dazzle, whatever the case might be, whereas Eric Halla does the dirty work, and quite honestly, that's what we can expect from someone like Eric Halla. So I think the same can be said for Kevin Ball, which is Kevin Ball, he's not really going to put up those offensive numbers. That's not his job. That's not his skill set. Kevin Ball's job is to, once again, hold down the fort on the blue line side of things, and let's face it, Dougie Hamilton's defense is wildly inconsistent. So uh, just having Kevin Ball right there, in the words of Jersey Joe, you get another big body right there. You get that Sasquatch kind of player. And I think that dynamic works really well because Dougie Hamilton, he's no minnow either. He's a big body out there as well, but his body frame works more for the offensive side of things, whereas Kevin Ball can use his body to his advantage on the defensive side of things. So I think that's how Kevin Ball can help assist Dougie Hamilton to try to break uh, history once again for a devil. So Dougie Hamilton, these last four games, if he is paired alongside with Kevin Ball, I would expect for Dougie Hamilton to be gunning for some of those records I just listed. So once again, he is one goal away from, from tying the franchise records set by Barry Beck back in the late 70s. And he is just six points from uh, breaking Scott Stevens' all-time record for most points in a single season by a Devils defenseman. So I think Dougie Hamilton can focus on that. And then Kevin Ball can try to just hold down the four on the defensive side of things and make sure that the Devils don't uh, get into too many odd man rush situations. They don't let the other team run and gun, whatever the case might be. But uh, So I think that's how uh, Kevin Ball can help Dougie Hamilton. But I don't want to just talk about what Kevin Ball does for Dougie Hamilton. I want to talk about what he does for this team. So let's look at some of the stats compared to some of his teammates. So when looking at blocks, Kevin Ball is tied with Nathan Bastian for 13th on the team with 36. I want people to take this into consideration that Kevin Ball is slowly but surely working himself up in the rankings for some of these defensive efforts, and he's doing it in way less games. So when you're looking at the block total and you say like, oh, wait, he's, he's middle of the pack. He's not really doing anything. But keep in mind, look at the, some of the people that are ahead of him. So Jonas Siegenthaler currently leads the Devils with 146 blocks. But Jonas Siegenthaler has appeared in 77 games. Ryan Grace is in second with uh, 144 in 75 game appearances. Damon Severson is third with 108 blocks in 77 game appearances. Whereas for Kevin Ball, once again, he has 36 blocks. And he has appeared in 
38 games. So he is racking up the block totals in his limited amount of playing time. Then when looking at the hits category, Michael McLeod leads that category with 125, then Jonas Siegenthaler, then Brendan Smith. But I, the one thing I want people to factor in is that when looking at this list, Kevin Ball, he is tied with Dougie Hamilton for most hits on the team with 59. Both of them are in the 10th position. So Dougie Hamilton has appeared in 78 games, whereas Kevin Ball has appeared in 38. So once again, when looking at the people that are ahead of Kevin Ball, the second to last person in the top 10 for the New Jersey Devils for most hits in the least amount of games played is Nathan Bastion. And Bastion has appeared in 40 games, still two games more than Kevin Ball. And then when looking at the defensive point share, which is an estimate number of points contributed by a player due to his defense, Kevin Ball, 13th on the team with 1.5 defensive point shares. So uh, right ahead of him is Eric Holla with 1.7, then Brendan Smith with 1.8. But once again, when looking at the players that are ahead of Kevin Ball, look at the amount of games played and then compare that to Kevin Ball. Kevin Ball, 38 games played. Brendan Smith, who has appeared in 58 games, and he has a defensive point share of 1.8. And that is still 20 games more than Kevin Ball. And then you're, you're probably going to say, like, well, look at the penalty minutes, whatever the case might be, because I, I think some people are going to say, like, I'm sure Kevin Ball gets a decent amount of penalties compared to Brendan Smith. Well, not exactly. In 38 game appearances, Kevin Ball has 21 minutes in the sin bin, whereas Brendan Smith is second on the team with 63 in 58 games played. So if we were to add 38 more games to Kevin Ball's repertoire, then that's 76 game appearances. And if he was still on track for the, those amount of penalty minutes, then he would have uh, 42. So that's still way less than Brendan Smith. So you know that Kevin Ball isn't spending all that much time in the sin bin. So that's how Kevin Ball stacks up amongst all the other players on the roster in terms of hits, in terms of blocks, in terms of defensive point shares, in terms of penalty minutes. So Kevin Ball, his potential is through the roof. And I am glad that he is being given this opportunity by Lindy Ruff. And I think he should be the go-to guy going forward and let him just feel out these last four games because I think Kevin Ball can be an X factor on the blue line for the Devils come playoff time. Jersey Joe, I hope I did you proud. Now, there was an important question lingering around Devils Twitter. And somebody asked, why is Miles Wood continuing to play in the lineup? whereas Yegor Sharangovich is a healthy scratch. So I figured, you know what, that's an interesting topic of discussion, and I'm going to give my educated guess as to why that might be the case. So let's talk about what happened to Yegor Sharangovich in the first place. So with the exception of Nathan Bastian getting hurt, Yegor Sharangovich's role diminished the moment the Devils got Timo Meyer, And it was something that we talked about when we first got Meyer, which was, who is going to be the odd man out? Who is going to be the healthy scratch? Because the reality is Meyer's going to have to be given a huge chunk of time on the ice, just given his repertoire, given his skill set, and given what he could potentially bring to the roster, especially come playoff time. So we were just having that discussion as to who's going to be the healthy scratch, who's going to be the odd man out. And when looking at the previous lineup card that the New Jersey Devils rolled with in their uh, last matchup against the Pittsburgh Penguins, you just look at some of the names on the roster. So Nathan Bastion is back, so I can analyze this fairly. So Thomas Shatar, Nico Heischer, Dawson Mercer. None of those guys are going to be a healthy scratch. Andre Pilat, Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt. 
no, those guys are going to be a healthy scratch. Timo Meyer, Eric Halla, Jesper Boquist. The only case as to who should probably be a healthy scratch amongst those three players is obviously Jesper Boquist, but it's something we've talked about in uh, the more recent episodes in which I, I've been saying, like, I think Jesper Boquist, he doesn't deserve to be a healthy scratch because remember when Lindy Ruff was rolling with that 11-7 to lineup combination? I said, Jesper Boquist, get him from the press box, get him from the locker room, wherever the healthy scratch players are, and let him dress. Jesper Boquist, I think, has earned his playing time from here on out. Then Miles Wood, Michael McLeod, and Nathan Bashan. So Michael McLeod, you need him for the faceoffs. Nathan Bashan, he's that glue piece we'll talk about in the third segment. And then for Miles Wood, that's the interesting point of discussion. So here's the thing. Um, why does Lindy do this? So it, I, I literally talked about it in the first segment, which was we're, we're going to talk about players and their respective roles. So when looking at Miles Wood, here's what Miles Wood's role is. His role is to sort of be that enforcer for the New Jersey Devils. Yes, he's not an enforcer per se. However, he is a bit of a pest out there, and that's something you can't take away from it. So for Miles Wood, I've said it in a couple of previous episodes, I don't care that if Miles Wood doesn't get a goal, an assist, or a point in a certain game. I care more about him asserting himself. I care more about him just uh, playing aggressive, whatever the case might be. And for Miles Wood, he's third on the team in hits with 95. Just ahead of him is Jonas Siegenthaler with 96. And then uh, at the top of the list is Michael McLeod with 125. So you know you can't take Michael McLeod out the lineup. So for Miles Wood, his his role is to be that pest for the Devils. His job is to basically just uh, put his body out there on the line and to stick up for some of his teammates. Because remember that game against the Ottawa Senators in which Brady Kachuk had a nasty hit on Yegor Sharangovich that uh, sent Brady Kachuk himself flying into the benches, and Yegor Sharangovich wasn't too happy with it. So what happened? Miles Wood said, I got you next, buddy. I got you next. And yes, Miles Wood unfortunately did not win the fight. However, that's something I want to see from Miles Wood. And I said, I don't care if he gets a goal, an assist, or a point the rest of the game. That's not his role. His role is to be the pass. His role is to sort of like be that impact player, especially on our fourth line, that BMW line. And one of the reasons why the New Jersey Devils were so successful at, at the first half of the year was because of the BMW line of Bastion, McLeod, and Wood, because those were X-Factor players. They were considered cast-offs, but somehow, some way, every team underestimated them and they were able to prove them wrong. So I think Miles Wood and what he was able to do the first half of the year, that carries weight. And while we're on the subject of carrying weight, what was the one line that we were always concerned about? What was the one line that did sometimes little to nothing? Like maybe the Devils have a big offensive night, but one line was rather quiet. The common denominator was that Yegor Sharangovich was usually on that line. So I'm not trying to knock on Yegor Sharangovich because when looking at uh, his overall stats for the course of the year, Sharangovich has appeared in 71 games. He has 13 goals, 16 assists for a grand total of 29 points. Then when looking at Miles Wood, Miles Wood has definitely taken a bit of a hit, uh, no pun intended, uh, in the second half of the year compared to the first half. But in 72 game appearances, Miles Wood has 11 goals, 13 assists for a grand total of 24 points. So Sharon Govich, in terms of points, is doing a tad bit better. But the one concern that I have for Yegor Sharon Govich and something that we've been talking about the last year or so, can Yegor Sharon Govich thrive without Jack Hughes? And I think that's the problem, which is, when Sharon Govich is on a line, like on the third line or whatever the case might be, fourth line, he does little to nothing. So if he's not scoring, what is he out there doing? 
So that's what I want to see from Yegor Sharangovich. And unfortunately, we haven't really seen that. For Miles Wood, I don't care if he gets a goal. I don't care if he gets an assist. I don't care if he puts up nothing but zeros his last five games. As long as he's playing aggressive, as, as long as he's getting those hits, as long as he's getting those blocks, whatever the case might be, as long as he's playing that hard-nosed physical brand of hockey, Miles Wood has solidified his role in the starting lineup. So for Yegor Sharangovich, I'm just I, I'm just not seeing it, especially if he's like putting up nothing but zeros. Because if Sharangovich isn't scoring, he's not he's not really much use out there. So that's my thing. Like if, if let's just say Miles Wood was a healthy scratch, and we put Yegor Sharangovich in his place on the fourth line, so we put him on that BMW line. Do you think Yegor Sharangovich is going to be utilized correctly alongside uh, Michael McLeod and Nathan Bastian? I personally don't think so. So do I think Yegor Sharangovich is a scrub? Absolutely not. But I just feel as though like he's just fallen out of favoritism just because like if he's not paired alongside Jack Hughes, if he's not with Nico Heischer, then unfortunately he's not going to really produce all that consistently because that's another issue. He's wildly inconsistent. So, and he needs to do other stuff to solidify his role. So like for Eric Holla, when Eric Holla is not putting up the points or whatever case might be, what's Eric Holla doing? He's winning the faceoffs. He's playing hard-nosed physical hockey. He's working the corners. He's making sure to do the dirty work so that way Jack Hughes can do his thing, like I talked about in segment number one. So that's what I, I'm not seeing from Yegor Sharangovich. So that's my educated guess as to why Yegor Sharangovich is unfortunately the odd man out and a healthy scratch compared to Miles Wood. So like I said, I don't think Yegor Sharangovich is a scrub or anything. I just think, unfortunately... Uh, given that Timo Meyer has now joined the roster, he's joined the team. It's just like, where do we plug in Yegor Sharangovich? Because I don't think Yegor Sharangovich deserves to play on the same line as Jack Hughes. I don't think he deserves to play on the same line as Nico Heischer. And, uh, and and like I said, it's just like, if we give him that bigger role, will he be like Dawson Mercer and, and make the most of it? Will he be like Kevin Ball and make the most of it? I'm personally just not seeing it. So that that's the overall issue that I've been seeing throughout the course of the year, which is just sometimes Sharon Govich, he goes on a hot streak. Sometimes he could score two goals in a game and he could do a lot of cool stuff. But unfortunately, sometimes it's all for not. So that's my educated guess as to why Yegor Sharon Govich is a healthy scratch compared to Miles Wood. And thank you for bringing up that question, whoever brought it up on Twitter. And it was an interesting uh, topic of discussion. Now, before we continue with today's episode, I want to tell you guys about game time. So the playoffs are right around the corner, and I know you guys are just looking for a cheap deal to, to see the Devils in action at the Rock come the postseason, or maybe you want to see a concert. So forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals to tickets right up to the date of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. So Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And now, let's talk about Built Bar and eating a little healthier. So looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? 
you got to try a Built Bar. So healthy is actually tasty with Built Bars. So seriously, they're so good and delicious. You won't think that they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for stars, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. Not sure how Built does it, but somehow, some way. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to the nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. Ryan Novozinski, the uh, devil's beat writer for NJ.com, told me that he loves Built Bars, so you will too. Built Bars, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Okay, so talking about Ryan Novozinski, uh, I know he and James Nichols do these Twitter spaces, and the inside joke is that Nathan Bashan, is he elite? And it's not just an inside joke. There's some truth to it because – Here's a stat that's strange but true. Courtesy of Bill Spaulding, he tweeted out, with Bashan returning tonight, here is a wild stat. The Devils are 36-3 and in 39 games this year, 18-14-5 when he doesn't play. To be fair, this totally could be one of those correlations that doesn't equal causation things, but he was out all of December when the Devils struggled and hurt again against Carolina. Devils just 4-5-2 and two since. So... Yeah, Nathan Bastian, I guess he is sort of elite, and he's sort of that impact player. Like I said in the second segment when I was talking about Miles Wood, Nathan Bastian was one of the X factors as to why that BMW line was so successful. Now, Chrissy Flannery wrote an article back in December that basically covered the absence and how much Nathan Bastian will be missed. She wrote this article and said that Bastian will be a bigger loss than Blackwood and Palat. Now, She's not saying that Bastion carries more value per se, but the Devils were able to replace Mackenzie Blackwood with Vitek Vanacek and also Akira Schmidt. And then for Andre Palat, the Devils obviously have a lot of offensive weapons in Nico Heischer, Jesper Bratt, and obviously their franchise player in Jack Hughes. So Andre Palat was somewhat replaceable because offense was never the issue for the New Jersey Devils. So even though this article is a little bit outdated because, like I said, Christy Flannery did write this in December, I still think it's very relevant to the situation that we're talking about, which is how good is Nathan Bastian truly for this team? So Christy Flannery had the chance to speak with Nathan Bastian himself. And here's what Nathan Bastian told Christy. He said, I think I almost have a little bit of a unique role. I think I'm on the fourth line that's valued on this team. I don't think many fourth liners get a crack at the first power play unit. They use me there and penalty kill is something I've been working at and kind of all different areas on the ice. I think it's nice that Lindy trusts me. It's all kind of small areas that I have been trying to build on. So he hit the nail on the head, which is small areas. So when I think of Nathan Bastion, I sort of think of maybe, I'm even though I'm a NASCAR uh, fan, I, I don't really know that much about cars, but here's something that I do know. So let's say a, a small part breaks down in your car. Your car is still able to run. It's You're still able to take it from point A to point B, but it doesn't run as efficiently. You know something's wrong, and it's like you're limping over that finish line. So that stat that Bill Spaulding shared, like he said, there it's no proof that it, that the causation for the Devils losing during the month of December or ever since that Carolina Hurricanes game uh, just a few weeks ago that Nathan Bastion was the reason as to why the Devils were losing because there's a lot of other factors 
to winning and losing, but Nathan Bastian does play that important piece. And going back to that car example, I think that's what Nathan Bastian is. He's sort of that, that small piece on your car that is so minuscule, but at the same time, very important to make sure that your car runs efficiently. So I wish I knew uh, car terminology and things of that nature. And like I said, it's kind of embarrassing considering the fact that I am a NASCAR fan, but still, that's what I think of Nathan Bastian. And that's what I think of this devil season in general. It's just been a lot of MVPs. It's been a lot of X factors and it's been a lot of underdogs. So Miles Wood is an underdog. Michael McLeod is an underdog and Nathan Bastian is certainly an underdog. So I think going into the playoffs, Nathan Bastian is definitely going to be a huge X factor for New Jersey Devils. And something that Christy talked about in a recent article was that some, someone like Nathan Bastian, he just adds more depth to the roster. So uh, Christy actually touched on it when she appeared on my show during the course of summer. And she says, like, it's very important to have more depth options. And lo and behold, she was right. Because one of the reasons why the Devils were so successful this year is because of their options up and down their lineup. So she said, like, when Andre Pilat went down, he was replaceable. When Mackenzie Blackwood went down, who stepped up to the plate? Who went to bat? Vitek Vancek and also Akira Schmidt. So is Nathan Bastian elite? Obviously, it's an inside joke, but like I said, there's some truth to it. So Nathan Bastian is very vital to this team. And like I said, I wish I discussed it in the previous episode, but obviously some storylines are more important to discuss than others. So Nathan Bastian coming back is a breath of fresh air for the Devils. Hopefully he stays healthy during the course of the rest of the regular season. And I think he is definitely going to be a solid piece come playoff time. And I think he's going to be one of the reasons why the Devils just see more success because he just adds more depth to the roster and we can put our trust in them to be that glue piece on the BMW line. So if Miles Wood provides physicality, Michael McLeod provides the uh, face-off, then Nathan Bastian, he's that glue piece. He can do a little bit of everything. And, and something that we've been talking about on Devils Twitter is that he likes to play in front of the net. He likes to get those redirect goals. So we call him the goal goblin of New Jersey. So something that you definitely cannot underestimate. So let me know what you guys think about some players and their respective roles. Is there another lineup situation in which you want me to address? So we talked about Kevin Ball. We talked about Miles Wood, Yegor Sharangovich, and Nathan Bastian. So here's your guys' thoughts. So if you're listening on a podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal Twitter page at TreyMatt4 or the show's Twitter page at LockedOnDevils. As for today's episode, that's about all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys next episode. Thanks for listening once again.